You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. So now let's transition into the message portion of today's service. And I'm excited because we're closing this series. Uh, It's been, for me, uh, a good series because we're looking at a different side of Jesus's interactions, right? It's Mm -hmm. his moment that he spends at the table with people. And we've been focusing on these conversations because these are different conversations. Mm -hmm. Jesus would typically... For the most part of his ministry, he would speak through parables, especially when he was teaching the crowds. He would use um, imageries and, and different stories to help them connect to his principles. But he, was, he, w- he would use stories of, about fishing and about uh, uh, farming, farming. Yeah, mm-hmm. and about you know, how to treat a stranger, several different stories that Jesus uh, used to teach the crowds. But whenever he was at the table, whether it was with his disciples or, or his critics, he would have very uh, uh, specific challenges and, and teachings that mm-hmm. um, really minister to us even today, 2,000 years later. So today we're going to close with uh, the Last Supper. Yeah, and it figured if anything that Jesus said mattered, his last words... He probably mattered, right? So powerful. He wanted you to know something. That's right. Now, (laughs) Matthew, Mark, and Luke write about the Last Supper, and they write succinctly. You know, it basically says that Jesus was there, and they had a meal together, and Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and Judas went and betrayed Jesus. But John, John writes extensively. John writes everything that Jesus actually shared that night yes he even wrote that he was the one inclining on jesus yeah he was right next to him yeah yeah so he was close he was very close and from chapter 14 of john all the way to chapter 18 is it all happens uh at the last supper Mm -hmm. uh, jesus's last prayer in chapter 17 so it's it's significant and obviously it's a lot to cover there's a lot to to uh talk about But we're going to talk about this first thing that Jesus spoke in chapter 14, this idea that he was painting. Because when we look back in history, it's been 2,000 years since Jesus has been on the planet. And it's so amazing that, it was so amazing that even our calendar reflects that. Mm -hmm. It's 2020. I know most of you know this, but it's 2021 now because... That was the date of Jesus' birth in yes. the Gregorian calendar. So that's why we mark the days as we do. History was divided B.C. and A.D. B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means Anno Domini or, or the year of our Lord. Right now is the, the season of life in history post-Jesus. And I think that's fascinating. Right. That, that Jesus' ministry has such an impact that it changed the course of history and it shapes how we see our days and years and months. Just that alone should cause, uh, cause curiosity. And it should, right? It should. And this uh, death and resurrection 
is so life-changing that, yeah. you know, we have, I mean, physically our days and months and calendar, but yeah. when you come into a relationship with Jesus, as we will even, you know, talk about further, uh-huh. it does change things. Yeah. And it shapes you, and it should shape you yeah. in many ways. And his death um, did not leave us um, alone. Yes. His death caused something to happen uh-huh. um, in us and continues to happen yes. as we invite him into our, our lives. Yeah, and we've talked about his death and resurrection, and it is true that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the main event that really was the catalyst for Christianity. Mm-hmm. But his preparation, mm-hmm. the way he prepared his disciples and his followers to succeed him, Mm-hmm. Happened, to outlast. It happened at the table. It's almost like to outlast the life, right? The yes. living portion, yes. like where he was walking with them. Like if he had come, lived with the disciples and done the ministry, but then he's gone and everything is done, it would have been one story. Yeah. But no, the way he spoke and what he was teaching was like, hey, this is a new way now. Yeah. From now on, yes. we will do things differently. Mm-hmm. And so it was. And those conversations happened at the table. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at a scripture that we're going to highlight today um, as we explore this idea of changing the world through Jesus. Here's what the scriptures say in John chapter 14, verses 18 through 21. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. So Jesus is painting a picture of perfect unity. This Mm -hmm. is the year of unity, right? Mm -hmm. This is the year of us being united with one another, being united with the Father. And Jesus here is painting a beautiful picture of unity. You will know that I am in the Father. You will know that you are in me, and you will know that I am in you. Powerful. How? He continues, exactly, exactly. Whoever has my commandments, we highlighted the word commandments there for a reason, and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is when Jesus clearly makes the case that his ministry is actually a movement. Mm-hmm. It's not just the ministry isolated in his existence. Because there were other rabbis. Exactly. And there were other teachings. Exactly. And none of that changed what, how they were going about life or what they were doing. Yes. He was coming to produce change. Yes. And so... It wasn't, it wasn't going to stay contained in his no. life and his ministry. No. It was a movement that was supposed to uh, uh, outlast his ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was this movement of God on earth that has reached us it is because of this movement that we're here today mm-hmm. it's because of this movement um, that we are interested in, and that we pray and that and that we navigate life conscious of god's existence mm-hmm. it's because of christ mm-hmm. now this is how he makes clear also that this movement was was not going to happen by our power our own uh, abilities but that we would share 
Jesus would share his own resources, that he would share his own power with us, that we would be able to be in perfect unity with him. This are the pretty much an invitation or are the terms of a covenant. Mm -hmm. What Jesus is presenting here is a new covenant. Now, covenant is not a word that we use very often these days. So you want to you give a little idea of what a covenant is? Well, it's a new pact, a new um, agreement. Yeah. It is a marriage of sorts yes. that he's talking about. He's talking about a, a new um, business partnership, yeah. <laughs> you know, a new um, agreement. A contract. A contract that they yeah. are beginning here. Yeah. Um, and what I think is interesting is that he's explaining it this way because I would imagine the disciples have watched him for three years. Yeah. They have watched him do things that no one has ever done. And in their head, as disciples, what is a disciple? A disciple is somebody who's trying to follow the rabbi and become yeah. the rabbi. It's an apprentice. It's an apprentice. He's trying to become. And so yeah. I would imagine that the disciples are thinking, how in the world will we do what he is doing? Yeah. How can we, how how can can we, we do this? Do this. Nobody's yeah. done it. No yeah. other disciple is doing it. Yeah. You know, here we are following this man who is obviously a next level yeah. teacher. How in the world are we going to do this? I could yeah. imagine them going, huh? Yeah. And so Jesus is clarifying like, look, you don't do this alone. Yeah. And you don't become this on your own. Yes. You will be able to do things that I do. And he, in other passages, he says greater things. Yes. Because of who I'm sending you, because of this, yes. this agreement, the, the contract, right? Yeah. You get into covenant. this contract yeah. and this covenant, and I'm going to show you who is actually behind the yeah. stuff that I am doing. Exactly. You know? This partnership is about I, to reveal way more. I will do it through more. you. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, you know, there, there's more here. There's yes. more that I need to tell you about and there's more going on here. Yeah. But you need to get in covenant with exactly. me. In agreement. Exactly. So every covenant has two parts. Every covenant has a condition and a consequence. Every covenant. You think about, you mentioned contracts and marriage and business and, and all of those things have a point of agreement which is, you know, the, the, the con in, in Conditions. A, a condition and a consequence. If you break yeah. it, this is what's going to happen. In marriage, yeah. there's, there's an agreement. There's an agreement. I'm vowing myself to you. You're vowing yourself to me until death do us part. Uh, but there's a, there's a requirement of faithfulness, fidelity. Yeah. If fidelity is broken, the contract is broken. Mm -hmm. So the consequence is what? The, the, the covenant is void. In business, also, there are certain parameters. Every time you sign a contract, there is a condition. Yeah. If you break the condition, the consequences, the covenant is void. And sometimes you might pay penalties, right? And same thing, same thing is the law of the land. Everybody who's born an American citizen has to abide by the law of the land. That's our contract with the country. If we break the law, guess what? There's, there's, there's a consequence yeah. for it. So... What's interesting about this covenant is that it's not isolated from other covenants that God had with his people. If you go back, way back in the scripture, God had a covenant with Noah. Then God had a covenant with Abraham. Then God had a covenant with Moses, the Mosaic covenant. Then God had a covenant with 
um, David. Seven. Yeah, seven. There are so many covenants yeah. in the Old Testament. And this covenant always has this premise. There's a condition and a consequence. If you follow my, my commandments, I will bless you. If you break my commandments, there's a consequence. And Jesus here is saying the same thing. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And, if, and he will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What's the condition? You got to keep his commandments. If you follow what I say, that's how you show you believe. If you follow what I say, that's how you show you trust me. If you follow what I say, that's how you engage the covenant. If you follow what I say, that's how you love me. Yes. Because you can't say you love me and ignore yeah. what I'm saying. It's yeah. the same in a marriage. You can't say you love me, but if I tell you something, something that bothers yes. me or something that is, you know, getting in between us and you completely ignore it, how is this contract or this covenant going to last yes. and how are you going to show yeah. that there's love? Yes. If you don't care about what I'm saying, if you don't yes. care about how I'm feeling, if you don't care about that, that's how you demonstrate love, that you yeah. actually pay attention and engage in, yes. in the exchange. Yes. The engagement. What is so amazing about Jesus' covenant, this new covenant, is that not only is Jesus inviting us to this covenant, but he took the first step. So John said that we love him because he loved us first. Mm -hmm. So because we love him, we keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. It's not like I got I to gotta do everything I can in my flesh to keep his commandments. No. And then I'll come to love him. No. It's, it's because he loves us. He loved us. You receive his love. There's a seed of love in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Because of that, we are overwhelmed by his love and we come to love him. It's a response. And because we love him, we keep his commandments. It's a response to his love. Yep. And Jesus also paid for the consequence of every person who decides to follow him. Yeah. So every one of us broke the commandments, right? Every one of us broke the law. In James, it says that if you break one commandment, you are guilty of them all. Because the same God who says, thou shalt not murder, is the God who says, thou shalt not steal. So if you break one, you break them all. And all of us have broken the, our covenant with God. Yes. The beauty of the cross that you just talked about is that Jesus paid for the consequence that was due to us. Mm -hmm. What's the consequence of sin? Death. Separation from God. Yeah. Um, consequence of sin. Are, there are many, right? But yeah. the ultimate is that you're eternally separated from God. And what happened to Jesus on the cross? He died. And, and why have you forsaken me? Yeah, and he was separated from God. There for was a separation a from the Father. Mm -hmm. So Jesus paid the price for our breaking the covenant. And when we come under his covenant, we don't have to suffer the consequences, right? Yes. So let's keep going. Because as we keep our part in, in these commandments, uh, we are to see him manifest himself. So let's talk about this idea of Jesus manifesting himself to us. I think that a big part of that is that is that exchange that he promised. I will come and live in you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, you can, when you begin a relationship with God or when you're new to this, you're like, how does this work? 
(laughs) You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to accept Jesus. I'm going to believe that, you know, he died for me. Let's just go down that path. Let's see what happens, you know. And often people go, okay, so does that mean like I just have to change my behaviors? Do I have to be, you know, do this or do that or do the other? And how in the world am I going to do that? And how am I going to give up this or that or the other? And it's interesting, but... uh, you be, when you begin a relationship with God, what happens is, he talks about in there that um, he manifests himself, right? How does he manifest himself? Well, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit, which we've talked about so many yeah. times, you know, that Holy Spirit component. It is he, he who now begins to live in you. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, that means that when you have walked into a relationship with Jesus, you now have the Holy Spirit inside who is guiding you. The Bible t- teaches him, talks about him being the comforter, the counselor, the friend, the, the, the wisdom. He is the presence of wisdom, the wisdom of God within you. So now you have this Holy Spirit who is inside of you, which is the manifestation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, that manifestation in you, guiding you, mm-hmm. helping you to live in a certain way. And you live differently, yeah. right? That is the manifestation, as I see it, of Jesus in yes. us. It is He's speaking and actually guiding you from within. It's not an, I have to do this or I have mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, a, I want to do things differently. And I see the world mm-hmm. even differently. And I under, see people differently. And I understand. Yeah. And there's the move we talked we talk about this often the compassion you know what is compassion do you all of a sudden have to force yourself to be nice to people no it is the presence of god within you guiding you to be different to behave differently and to be kind to people and to love in a different way because he is genuinely living within you now living and and it shapes his life shapes our life it's, yes, it shapes your thoughts. Yeah, it shapes, it shapes your, thoughts. your yeah. behavior. Um, and it's because, of, again, it's back to that. You begin to love God as a response because he's now living in you. Yeah. You begin to love God. Yes. And our thinking, like you said, gets shaped by his thinking. Scripture says that we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but as you begin to follow Jesus and pray and read the scriptures, you don't think the same. There are yeah. certain things, certain parameters, certain ways of, of about your life that you, you just let go. Things that you did forever. Yeah. That's like the really interesting. I've had so many conversations with people like something that you've done your whole life. Yeah. All of a sudden doesn't feel right. There's a check in your heart and you go like, like uh, I should, I probably should let go of that. Like, I don't, this doesn't feel good anymore. Yeah. It doesn't feel right anymore. And you walk into a place or you're in relationships that all of a yeah. sudden feel icky and you don't want to be a part of it anymore. And you go, why am I being judgmental? It's not. No. Sometimes, I mean, you could be ju- judgmental at yes. times, but sometimes it's not judgmental. It is the spirit of God within you saying, this does not agree with who I am and who you're becoming. Yes. It doesn't agree with where we're That's going. So good. And so now you're like, you feel almost at odds within yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, but I've always done this. Why is it not okay now? Well, the spirit of God is alive and it's yeah. active inside of you. So it's telling you, hey, this is not where I'm, we're trying to go here. Yeah. You want to live with me? You want to do life with me? We're yeah. going to have to make a few changes because this is not where you're going. And the more you pray, the more you, le- you read the scriptures. And I don't say this like to say that, the person who prays the most is the holiest. No. I'm saying that as you are in an active, alive relationship with Christ. Yeah. Right? As you are 
devoting your life to him, as you are opening your heart and reading of the scriptures, the more you will begin to learn to listen to the voice of the spirit because it really sounds like your conscience. Yeah. It's the conscience part of your life, which is something that only humans have, is the avenue by which the Holy Spirit checks your heart. Yeah. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So let's go to the scripture uh, following this, this part in John where Jesus goes a little bit further. So verse 15, uh, 25, still in chapter 14, he says, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It's what you were talking about. Yeah, it's this the Spirit of God within us guiding us to yeah. remember the things that Jesus has, one, maybe spoken over you, yeah. words that have been spoken that were meant to be spoken, or passages of scriptures and stuff that you like read when you were like five years old. And you're like, why am I? Well, God was speaking to you then, yeah. then and now he's going to bring into remembrance yeah. into your life. Or And even for those of you who just started this walk with yeah. Christ. Uh, the Holy Spirit will begin to guide you. Because think about this, right? Jesus is telling us here that this is, like Alini said in the beginning, this is not something that we're meant to do alone. right? This is, this is the implication here. For these things I have spoken to you while I'm with, still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to come. Meaning, you're not gonna, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not going to stay by yourself and trying to do it by yourself. But so many of us try. Especially before finding God, especially those of us who do not include the life of Christ in our life. We try and to be you, good. And you can try. Yeah, you can try. You can try to be good. You can try to be honest. You can try to be caring. There's a lot of people who are good, love and, loving, and caring in their own way who might be of a different persuasion, right? But how can you do that without God? Because for those of us who follow Jesus, Jesus is our point of reference. Christ is our point of reference. We have an aim. For those of, of us who pray to God, like godliness is our point of reference. And if you don't have that, if you eliminate that, what's our point of reference? Well, only because goodness is shifting sand. That's what what's I'm saying. What's good to me might not be good to you. And so you end up hurting other people. Good becomes a matter of opinion. Yeah, and... Within, as if Christ is our aim, then there's no shiftingness, no. right? There is one true north. Today, today is Thursday, we're recording this. Today I read a, a piece on the news about a man here in Stanford who invaded a home in North Stanford in, last Thanksgiving, held the owners at gunpoint, six in the morning. He raided their, their uh, safe, got money, got a Rolex, uh, um, and got the owner to sign over his Porsche to this guy. And, and then he drove off, took off with some fine china. He came back on Christmas to the same home, tried to do the same thing. The police arrested him. When they arrested him, they went to his house to investigate and, and check it out. And at his house, he had a whiteboard with a prayer on it. God, please help me do this. Help me be invisible to the law enforcement and to the police. If you help me do this one time, 
I will be good and I will use everything that I get to help others. That is so distorted. Amen. That is so distorted. He knew he wasn't being good, but in some way, in his mind, he thought it was for an ultimate good. That's when good becomes a matter of opinion. And he even accused that in a prayer. So I'm going, oh my gosh, no. No. So we need we need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can even shape God to be some kind of assistant to our own distorted desires. Yeah. And this is what Jesus is talking about here. Like we we have to follow the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if we don't have God, if we don't have Jesus, you have to get this. We don't have a true north, just like a compass. Imagine having a compass, but having no markings on the compass. Just an arrow that's pointing somewhere. Well, you, you don't quite know where to go unless you know where true north is. Then you have to know the markings. <laughs> I have a hard enough time knowing when I see the word north. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> let alone. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? Like even when we know, even like when we know. You know, what would be the good thing to do? It's hard enough. Yes. Right? Imagine, like, when you don't. Imagine when the gray areas. Imagine, you know, when you just, there's so much unknown around us. Like, we need the guidance of somebody who knows. (laughs) And that's what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit will remind you. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will remind you. So, you got to be sensitive to his voice. You got to be sensitive to where God is guiding you. Like, it's not going to be out loud in the noise. It's going to be a, a whisper down in here, like a voice that's going to tell you, hey, don't do that. D- don't buy that car. But, and he knows tomorrow. Yes. I've had several situations where I just didn't know tomorrow and I wanted something so bad and it would have been yeah. a good thing. Yeah. There was nothing bad about it. There was no, that no, wasn't even great. It was good yes. in nature. However, I did not know tomorrow. Yes. And what was ahead was much better. Yeah. What was ahead was something that was coming down the pipeline that I didn't know yeah. and it wouldn't have been ended up good. Yes. At the moment it was good. Six months from them it wasn't good. Yeah. Because that's what God's saying, hey, that's not my plan for that's you. Not. It might seem good to you, but that's not my plan for you. Yeah. And so there's gonna be a check in your spirit. Like don't buy that car. Don't sign that contract. Don't get in relationship with that person. Don't, don't, yeah, don't do business with this person. Don't get in relationship with them. Yeah. This opportunity may seem lucrative. Don't go this route. It's not going to work out for you. Um, and that's how the Holy Spirit guides us. And when we follow the Holy Spirit, whether he is telling us not to do something or, or hey, take this step. Yeah. Hey, this seems risk, risky. Go. Hey, you, you're going to get a huge pay cut, but this is where I'm guiding you. Yeah. Hey, See that person? The, go yeah. meet him. Go meet him. Hey, talk talk to them. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Spirit does that, when we take that step, um, something else happens. This is what Jesus said. He continues. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let, let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Yeah. So Jesus says, hey, listen, you're going you're gonna to go through this journey. But you're not need, you, you will not need to be anxious, worried, or concerned about your future. Because I am giving you peace. Yeah. And with the Holy Spirit comes peace. In fact, there are many scriptures where God talks about yes. not being anxious and not being worried and not being, you know, um, downcast and all of that. Because 
because of his peace. Yes. He has peace for us. And one of the great markings, I guess, or stamps that you are walking in, in God and in trust, yes. because it's a trust relationship, yeah. is the, the presence of peace. Any moment in your life where peace has left the building, you um, should revisit yes. what has just happened and your trust with Jesus. Like it's, it is a indicator that your relationship with God is not um, fully uh, integrated. There's, yes. some, there's something off. There's yes. so, some kind of component off because a life with Jesus is marked by peace. Yes. You know, even in, in trials. Now, I'm not saying you won't experience grief. I'm not saying you won't experience pain. It's not the same thing. You can feel pain and peace. Yes. I felt it peace before. Is, peace is under... Peace is the, the underlying... Yeah, yeah like yeah. peace is like... It's, the, it's, it's there and you can be feeling pain and you can be going through things and you have to, you know, process pain and, and everything yeah. else. Life is still coming at you. Yes. I am not um, diminishing that. What I am saying is that the peace of God, which the Bible talks about, that surpasses all understanding, will guard your gonna hearts and mind. We're going to get to that. Peace. Yeah, we're going to get to that. <laughs> So let's talk, before we get to that, let's talk about uh, how the world gives us peace. Because Jesus said, I do not give you peace as the world gives you peace. So the world gives us peace. Yes. There's, there are with elements money, in the world that gives us peace. With money, with jobs, with marriage. Law enforcement. Law enforcement. Defense. Mm -hmm. Justice system. All of those things are elements to bring Peace, mm -hmm. world peace is a goal uh, of the, the, the United Nations. We want peace in the world, but the world gives peace in a very different way. It doesn't, it doesn't bring peace straight to our heart. It just no. gives outer peace. Um, and even when, there, when you are under those umbrellas of peace, Right, living in a in a country that's secure, living in a country where the justice system works, uh, living in the country where law enforcement is present, um, those are all defective parts, but they somewhat function for the majority of the citizens. Um, even in that in that place where most of us live here in America, you will only have peace if you eliminate all risk from your life. Yeah. And when the cost of eliminating all risk means that the, only, the closest thing that you can have to perfect peace is if you don't do anything. You have to let go don't of everything. Don't rock the boat. You can't. You can't rock the boat. Mm -hmm. You can't take risk. You can't, you can't take a step it, because it's going to mess with your peace. Mm -hmm. So to have the closest thing to perfect, perfect peace without Jesus is... Inertia is not doing anything. Now, how can you be, how can you lead a life of purpose with no movement? No, it, you can't. It's impossible. You get you stagnant. If peace buries your purpose, it's not peace at all. Yeah. So that's why Jesus is, is saying, I'll give you peace in a different way. You will be able to take the step. You'll be able to take the risk. You'll be able to move toward the future, move forward from that pain, move forward from that, from that trauma because I am with you. Mm -hmm. That's why scripture says that we live by faith and not by sight. That's why scripture says that our worth, or we can learn from scripture that our worth comes from his love, not from, from the acceptance of the world. 
mm-hmm. right? And, and, and our provision, what God provides to us, comes from him, not from our career. or So that when he leads us to shift, to move, to change, we don't connect to the next thing. We connect to him. Well, if you're connected to God, yeah. it just does this. Yes. Wherever you go, the connection doesn't change. You're just moving yeah. different. But if you're connected here, then you have to unplug and plug, yes. unplug and plug. That's like a you good have visual. to move yeah. it, right? But if your connection is coming from God, it doesn't you can he kind of is, swing. He the, is a source. He is a source. And 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 so we can take we can even take risks in moving forward. Yeah. And still have peace. Um, now you referred to the scripture uh, that we're gonna look at and close because anxiety is a plague today. So many people anxiety. live anxious. Anxiety is devastating people. And anxiety is lack of peace. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And what happens if you do that? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is a shield. Peace is your defense system. Peace Peace is is the mechanism that will secure your heart. It's everything. Yeah. Peace is everything. The the peace of God makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, at times, none. Like, you're, you know, pandemic hits. Everything is shutting down. Your business is on the line. But you sleep at night. (laughs) What kind of sense does that make? It doesn't. But it's Christ. It's knowing that Jesus is with you. Yes. In whatever storm you're in, whatever situation you're facing. Um, again, I do want to reiterate, it does not mean that your life is perfect and that you no. don't go through things at all. No. It means that you are anchored in God. It means that you're not alone. You're never alone. Yeah, that you are close to God. And that's why it's so important to be close to God. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, I want you to be in me. And I want to be in you. And I want us to be together. And the way that's going to happen is through the life of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not going to leave you alone. We're going to be in perfect unity. But yeah. for that to happen, we have to, be, we have to be united in the covenant of love. Mm-hmm. And, the, and as we are united in the covenant of, of love, you're going to trust me and do what I've commanded you to do. You're going to trust me and follow my instructions. I have a, I, I have a, this person yeah. I know has this saying. She says, uh, trust me now, believe me later. Yeah. So she's trying to get us to do certain, you know, exercises and stuff. She's like, just trust me now, believe me later. And I was like, that is actually really profound as it pertains yeah. to the gospel in many ways because sometimes you just have to trust that God knows. Yes. Trust that he's for you. You have to uh-huh. trust the character of God. And then you're going to believe whatever he's asked you to do and however he asked you to go about it later. You're going to might understand yeah. later, right? Yeah. You don't always understand why you, you're doing certain things. You're like, I just feel like I need to do it. Yeah. Well, trust God now and, and that believe is, certain things later. And that's the first step you take every single day. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the first step of a believer. And some of you, you might be here today watching and you haven't really taken that step. So as we close this discussion, as we close this conversation, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Because everything that we talked about today, it hangs on the presupposition, presupposition 
that you are in a relationship with Jesus. Now, to be in a relationship with Jesus, there's no requirements other than willingness. Yep. Nothing has disqualified you from being in a relationship with God. There's nothing you have done, nothing you might have committed, nothing that's hidden in your past or in your heart that Jesus cannot surpass and His love cannot forgive. Remember, the moment you choose to follow Him, He has already paid for your mistakes. He's already paid for your sins. His sacrifice on the cross cover the consequence of your sins. And as you engage in a life, uh, uh, exchanging your heart and, and receiving of His heart, as we engage in His life, you will, you will receive this newness that we're talking about. Yes. I want to invite you to do that today Amen. with your whole heart. And you can do that. Take this simple step, the next step in your faith by simply praying a prayer of dedication. Let's everybody, all of you watching, let's pray together. Let's say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus come, into my heart. come into my heart. I give you my past. I give you my, past. I give you my present. I give you my and I give you my future. Thank you for your love. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you can live in my heart Thank you that you can live and shape it from the inside out. Be my Lord and be my Savior from this day forward. Amen. Listen, if you pray that simple prayer, we'll believe something new began in your life. And here at Connect Community, we encourage you with three things in this fresh start, this new beginning in your life. First is, you got to allow today be a day of new beginnings in your mind and in your heart. You got to allow and believe that today is a special day. So tomorrow, when thoughts come to say nothing really happened yesterday, it was just words to the wind. No, 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 no. Begin the day by praying to God, bringing your, your anxieties to Him, bringing your supplications to Him and saying, God, guide me today. And you will see the peace of God come into your heart. You will see God, Jesus, manifest Himself to you as He promised. Yes. Second thing is uh, read the scriptures every single day. If you don't have a Bible, we will give it one to you. We'll give you one next Sunday. But you can download a Bible app right now on the App Store and begin to read. We encourage you to read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of John is a great book to begin because it really shows the life of Jesus and the heart of Jesus for us. And then the, the third thing is you got to come back as often as you can. Like Alini said earlier, this is not a journey that you can, that you can engage by yourself. It's meant to be done with others we're meeting every other week for now because of the pandemic and you can meet us next week at ripple One middle school here in stanford get together with people we ask you to give a year of your life give us a year of your life committed showing up at church showing up at connect groups even through the pandemic do your part to connect and i promise you you will never be the same Amen. thank you for being with us today we love you so much hope to see you next sunday on mother's day at Ripple One Middle School here in Stanford for a brand new series that we're beginning. Who's That Lady? Titled, Who's That Lady? <laughs> yes, it's going to be great. Hope you See can you join us. See you next week. All right, bye-bye.